Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look better than I do. It's all right to say that. It's the truth in some situations there. I heard someone uh, overheard them say the other day, uh, you know the price of everything, but the value of nothing. Well, let me say it again. You know, you know the price of everything, but you know the value of nothing. And that statement is thought-provoking. Why? Because, uh, you see, it examines one's character. It, uh, it reveals the priorities of a person's heart and their mind, and it exposes motives of the heart. And often the price of something has little to do of real value. Let me say it again. Often the price of something has little to do with real value. And let me tell you an illustration. You see, the most valuable things in life, you agree or disagree, uh, just it doesn't cost much. Do you agree? Amen. Well, let me give an example. Saying I love you to those that you love doesn't cost much. You with me? No, no value of money can, can be spent when a person's heart might be broken and, and they're feeling lonely and lost and all of a sudden God anoints you to give them word that you look at them and you say, you know what? I love you. And then sharing a hug. Sharing a hug often is, uh, is priceless. Costs very little to give somebody a hug. I didn't say a hold. I said a hug. Uh, sharing an encouraging word. You know what? I, I want you to know yesterday I didn't think you brushed your teeth. But today I'm looking. I, I want to encourage you. I believe you did today. You see how encouraging you can be? It's wonderful. Give an encouraging word. And that's important. And you know what? You ought to set days down and you ought to say, you know what? Today or tomorrow or three days out of the week, I'm going to offer words of encouragement to everybody that I meet. Well, you know what will happen? You'll be challenged because somebody will slap you in the face, not literally, and you'll have already, already, you pre-prepared what your behavior is going to be, and you say, you know what, I, I know that you slapped me, but I, I want to give you a word of encouragement. Of all the slaps that I've ever had, that's probably one of the best. You can encourage people saying, I, I love you, or, or giving an unexpected minute. Unexpected minute. I have from time to time people will say to Dan or somebody else, anybody else that they complain to, can complain to, Pastor walked right by me in the hall on Sunday morning, and he didn't even say hello. Well, if you know my nature and my personality, I want, I want to say hello to everybody. But it, it just may be that my mind is on the sermon that I've just delivered or that I have to deliver and say, God, I need your anointing that I, I might have walked by you and, and maybe didn't see you. So uh, you know, if you're always looking for a, to pick a fight, you'll find one somewhere. You know that? You will. But, but let me tell you, we offer a word of encouragement and we say it at the right time. Her little boy, sometimes we're overlooked. Little boy went to his dad. His dad was a workaholic. And he said, hey, dad, what? Uh, th this kid is five or six years of age. And he, dad, how much do you make an hour? 
And the dad was busy. He was already home. It was probably 6.30 or 7 o'clock. And he said, son, listen, I really don't have time right now. But daddy, tell me how much you make an hour. He said, I don't know, son, $50 an hour. Now, now move on, okay? I'm busy. Well, about two weeks later, the little boy had engaged in, in things he could do in the neighborhood back when you could do that and things around the house. And he, he, of course, went back two or three weeks later to his dad. and He's in his den there, and he said, hey, dad, he said, uh, you said you make $50 an hour. I've been working really hard and doing errands and all kinds of things, and I, I've got $25, Dad. Can I buy 30 minutes of your time for you to come and play with me just 30 minutes? Now, how do you think old Dad felt? What kind of person do you think he felt like when his son, as innocently as could be, said, I've earned enough money to be able to buy time with you and you know often here's what i recommend if you're too busy for others you're probably too busy for god L let me say it again if you're too busy for others that's horizontal you're probably too busy for god that's vertical let me hear you say preach on pastor oh i knew how you felt Sometimes you have to pull it out a little bit. Well, we know those things are important. Now, here's what in our text, and we're going to read that text in just a moment, it, that we suggest that, that Jesus is saying, okay, two things I want you to look at. I, I want you to look at the temporal value, things that you might value in the temporal, in the natural. And he said, and I also want you to take a look at eternal value. Now, if he were to say, okay, I want to take you by the hand. I want to look in your eyes, and I want, to, I want to evaluate last week or yesterday or the last year. And I, I do have the record, by the way, since I am the supreme universe of, of God. And, and uh, I, I notice here that, that you valued the temporal more than you valued the eternal and that's called, hey, my lifestyle is just so busy. So here's what he says. That being the case, Jesus is offering to the Jews and the Gentiles in his teaching something that we are going to get to receive tonight. So in Matthew 6, 19, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. So Jesus is relating to his listeners, and he said, you can accumulate, and you should. But he said, be careful that, that all the time and the talents and the giftings and the skill sets that you're doing, be sure that you put that in a place that is of eternal nature. In other words, a heavenly vault. Don't let everything be about the here and now. It would have been wonderful if old dad 
had been able to realize, hey, my son is here, and I haven't held him lately, haven't picked him up, haven't said, let's go outside lately. And he was, he was, he was doing and being a father, but he, he was doing everything of temporal nature, earning a living. And what he could have done is something of eternal value and say, come here, Pete. Come here, son. Come up to dad. Get in my lap. Let's talk a few minutes. That would have been eternal value. Jesus relates to those listeners and he said, I want to teach you a new principle because the Jews and the Gentiles, it was all about me. He's, he's revealing, revealing the fact that everything is not temporal and yet much of life is spent earning a living and very little often is invested in the eternal nature of God. And he said, okay, lay not up treasures upon earth, all right, that will be lost by rust or those who might steal it. And so he throws them a curveball in the midst of all of that, and he said, I want to give you a new principle. How many remember an eye for an eye? Yeah, we remember that. Then he said, well, here's a new principle. Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. That's a totally different principle than what they're used to. In other words, he said, I'm going to have to reprogram your mind I'm going to have to do something in life in general over these next three years that teach you guys, and particularly the disciples that he's calling, you need a different mindset. You see, you see it's hard to change the way you think sometimes. How many know somebody that's stubborn? May I just get your hand up? We do exercises on Wednesday night, by the way. You know somebody that's stubborn. Well, now, let me ask this question. How many of you are stubborn? Some of you don't have your hands raised, and, and you flat should get it up real high. Stubborn. Well, what's wrong with stubborn? You know? Well, stubborn used in the right way. Some people could say, but that's perseverance. So if you're stubborn for God in things that bring eternal value, go for it. But if you're stubborn for God for self-will, watch out. Because to be stubborn for self-will, you will run over someone and disrespect them and break their hope and their feelings. You see, change the way you think and change the way you value things. You know, some people think it's money, money, money. I need to make more money. I just have to make more money. And when you make more money, you take and you take and you're not with your family. You're gone all the time. What are you doing? I'm making more money. You know, we got a nice home, but I, I've got to make money. Listen to me carefully, friend. Learn the valuable lesson that sometimes the thing that relate to money and material possessions are not worth sabotaging your relationships with those that you love. Then you react unless your heart has been affected in a positive way by God and you will see not the temple all the time. You'll see that which is eternal. So let me say, and you might want to catalog this, not every house is a home. And not every man, woman, and child is a family. And not every religious gathering is a church. 
And not every sexual encounter is love. And not every present is a gift. You have to be keenly aware of what eternal things are. You have to be keenly aware that we are to deny ourselves. And only until you do that will you ever be able to discern eternal things. This is not about me. It's, it's about Jesus. Jesus is saying that in life you're going to be busy and you'll be focused. But at the end of the day, he said, that which you have done is lost because you were seeking the wrong treasure. You see, don't live exclusively for the temple. Temporal, live for the heavenly treasures. Are we good? Are we good? Amen. We good? That's good. Balcony, are we good? Good, thank you so much. Identify the valuable. Sharon likes to watch some of these programs sometime where they bring antiques in. And they appraise them and adjust them and look at them. She likes to look at that, you know, and, and because I love her, I look at it. And I even make comment. That guy's a nutcase for bringing that in here, don't you think, doll? She said, wait a minute. It wouldn't be there if it didn't have some value. I'm not an antiquer. How many antiquers do we have? I don't, I'm not an antiquer. I can't manage what I have that's contemporary right now, much less go antique. Some people, Kelly, my daughter-in-law, she's an antiquer. She loves to go antiquing, and she about twice a year she does that. Identify the valuable. So what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm going to store up for myself treasures in heaven. I'm going to go out of my way to be a friend to someone that I watch on Sunday who may not have many friends that greet them. I, I'm going to be careful that someone that I work with, I want to observe them because I know the background from whence they came. And it would seem to me it would be real easy for them to get discouraged. I want to encourage them. I want to build things of eternal value. He says, where moth and rust, uh, their treasures in heaven, where moth and rust doesn't destroy, or where thieves don't break in and steal. Can you, can you imagine anybody stealing from God? Hello? Can you imagine that? Stealing from God. That's why it's important to be sure God gets his 10%. Don't be caught. Jesus taught what not to do. So he says, all right, what, what not to do? What to be careful of in life? And he's sharing what to do. What does he say? Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Kind word, a hug. Going out of your way to help someone, etc. Reaching in your pocket and say, you know what? Let me, let me bless you. And, and you, you do that and say, well, I, I don't carry cash, you know. Well, you, you, you won't ever be able to, you're not going to give them your credit card. But you'd be surprised what a dollar bill does to a little child. 
Do you know it? What a dollar bill does to a child makes a huge difference. Jesus is teaching that most people live their lives so focused, intentionally or not, on the temporal that they overlook the eternal. I'm so busy, but daddy, how much do you make an hour? Son, $50, now move on. What was he doing? He was focused on tomorrow's agenda for the to-do list. And here is a kid that is part of who he is that he overlooked. And that happens more than probably we're willing to admit. It's like being so busy raising a family that you don't have time to be a family. Y'all with me? I'm raising, but I don't have time to be a family. One of the beautiful things is uh, we, we just celebrated Father's Day. I know it's been a few days and some of you have forgotten it already. But uh, my kids showered love and gifts and cards. And, and I, I read them all. And it's wonderful. And they, they even gave me gifts too. And I appreciate that. And uh, they asked me where I wanted to go Friday night for a meal or Saturday morning. And you know, of course, to me, it doesn't matter. You can take me anywhere, almost. And I'm, I'm not going to complain. How can you ruin French fries? I'll tell you how. We're fried in old grease, just in case you're wondering. But they, they did all of that. And then here was the beautiful part. They came over the house after we had dinner Friday night. Now, I love for them to come over to the house. How many know what I'm talking about? The most special part. I looked, and there was Tim, and there was Sherry and her husband, and Tim and his wife, Kelly, and Lori, and her husband, and all the grandkids, or with the exception of those that are out of town. They were all in the house, and it was chaotic, and it was noisy. But I, I just sat there and in my chair and I watched and I thought God you can't get better than this you know what I'm speaking relatively speaking how many know what I'm talking about to see them interact here's what we found out the generation of Chloe who graduated from high school this year and Annalise who will be maybe a senior she's our golfer next year and Dylan who graduated from high school this year, and, and they're just kids. And Sydney, Sydney, of course, chooses whatever grade she wants to be in as Sydney. And they were all in the kitchen table, those individuals. And I told Sharon, look over there. That, that's the next generation. You know, there was a time we all gathered in the dining area around the table that Sharon sets with all the settings and, and the napkins and we'd all gather. But you kids, you're in the kitchen. But I looked at it differently this time. They've grown up. And they still love to come to Grammy's house. Now listen, friend. That's invaluable. That relationship that's there is invaluable and then to tell stories about me 
or some of the things that I've done. You know, it just moves and warms my heart. Listen, friend, life is but a vapor. It's here right now and gone overnight. What's he saying? What is Jesus trying to say? He says, get yourself a heavenly vault. He says, put it there. Place the real valuable things like loving your family and doing God's work and complimenting and giving up. Place those things in the vault. And he said, nobody can get to it. Those areas of great importance, spending your life for God. Don't complain because, well, we went to church. What kind of sermon was that? I didn't get anything out of it. God bless you right now. You come together and you say, well, I checked my motive. I, pay, I, I shared my tithe, but I checked my motive. Keep your motive always correct. Or watch your priorities. In today's economy, in Florida, listen, if we're not in Iowa, middle Iowa, where there's no place to go. But in Florida, you can go to the beach, you can go to Disney, you can go to SeaWorld, you can go to Cuban territory in Ebo City. You can, you can do a plethora of things that you can do to take your family time. But let me tell you what's of eternal value when you say that's what we want to do, but we know that we have a pew in church and we want to be sure that we're in it for the glory of God. That's eternal value. That's eternal value value. Many have lost sight of the priorities of life. And the stats prove it. Here it is. 50% plus of marriages end in divorce. 44% of those under 35 have cohabitated. We had our presbyter meeting the other day and the group of, of desiring credentials to come in before the superintendent and the presbytery board for the first time that I can remember of the however many candidates there were, let's say there were 30, okay? It may not have been 30. I'm saying let's say there were 30. But five or six of them, as they were called, well, who did you bring with you today? And five or six would stand and say, I brought my wife. We've been married three years, but we've been together seven years. Or we've been married five years, but we've been together eight years. Now, I know what that means. We, we lived together before we got married. But here's the beautiful part about <laughs> they got married. And by the grace of God, they understood the era of cohabitating and living together when they were called in the ministry. Somebody say an amen. Amen. 65% of the teens believe the devil is only a symbol of evil. And not only that, 56% of adults believe if you are good, you're going to go to heaven. So if you look and say, okay, what, what is my priority? What am I thinking? How do I manage this message? Well, you say, okay, let me look. How do I spend my time? How do I spend my money? How do I spend my talent, my talents and and what do I do with my affections? Am I, am I skillful in using all these things that God has given me that brings honor and glory to God? Jesus is dealing with a long tradition of self-service. This is what they believe. It's get all you can and can all you get. It's self-service among the Jews and, and among the Gentiles. And he says, hey, don't do that. 
Learn to put your treasure where you're going to get a massive amount of reward and rust is not going to come and moths are not going to come and thieves are not going to come and take it because it's stored in a heavenly vault protected by Almighty God. Finally, share the treasure. You share it. Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, what's the rest of it? It's where your heart's going to be. There your heart is. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. Don't talk to me about the love of Jesus when you very seldom ever come to church. And don't talk to me about the love of Jesus when you're not engaged in devotions. Don't talk to me about trusting God when you don't give his tithe back to him. Don't talk to me about how close you and the big man upstairs is and you never share your relationship with others to encourage them. That is rather straight, but it's what we often need to hear. The evaluation must be made right here, all right? Where my, where my treasure is, that's where my heart. So I made an evaluation. There, I've come to realize there's a difference between the temporal and the eternal. And, and I know that true value goes in the vault of heavenly things that, that money can't do. And the evaluation is determined by the question, well, what is my treasure? Well, if you're married, how many of you know your treasure ought to be your spouse? That's what we call it, lawn talk, spouse. Yard talk, we call it little woman. <laughs> it's important that you and your spouse uh, spend time being able to talk. That's called communication. And sir, the best talking in communication is listening. My wife will say to me from time to time, you are not listening to me. And that increases my prayer life. I say, God revealed to me right now what she just said. I want to be able to have a comeback in Jesus' name. And more times than not, God will say, you're on your own. And when I'm on my own, I am creative. I go way back to what I remember what she said before and start there. You see, I, I remembered 10 minutes ago, you were saying, no, what did I just say? Well, I, I need a drink of water. That communication is important. A breakdown of communication will cause problems. Here's what couples do, and I had a couple today. How do you manage it? We give the silent treatment. Uh, how do you know your wife's upset? She gives me the silent treatment. So if you walk up to her and put your arms around her and pull her close, you say she stiffens up. What if you try to talk to her in her ear? She turns her head, said. What do you do then? 
I back away. And I decide I'm the king of silence. And I'm about to give you the silent treatment. Where do you think we're going with that? Where do you think? Nowhere. Nowhere. But this gal decided to give her husband the silent treatment. And he owned the wood. Buddy, if she's going to give me the silent treatment, I'll give it right back to her. So they went for a day or two, not talking, writing notes. Be sure you have kids at school on time. Yes, thank you. Night fell about the second day, and he left a note and said, I have to be on a 5 a.m. flight to Atlanta, Georgia. 5 a.m. flight. Please get me up at 3.30, the note. He woke up the next morning at 7.30. He was furious. He looked on the dresser and beside his note was a note from her. It's 3.30, wake up. <laughs> it, 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 gets you, it gets you nowhere. How many understand that? It gets you nowhere. Well, the breakdown of communication can be in many places, your kids, your church, your house, your friends, your, your parents, all of that. But everything is placed when it's in its proper perspective, then my friend, you are blessed. You understand, how do I appreciate that which is in my life that is eternal? And then you take and you inventory. She's internal. My son is eternal. My daughters are eternal. That's eternal. My church is eternal. My character for God is eternal. What is temporal? McDonald's. You understand what I'm saying? McDonald's is temporal. It's not eternal. We understand if we practice that, guess who's going to get the glory? God is. It's the treasure is not what I possess, but rather who possesses me. I'm yours. David said, create a pure heart in me, Lord. Paul said, I fought a good fight, kept the faith, and I finished the course. And the true treasure is not what you say, but it's what you do and what God says. His master replied in Matthew 25, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things, and I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Here's another thing. What people say about you after you're gone will be eternal. So may we determine in our hearts that the message of this scripture in Matthew's gospel has a word for all of us. And that let's determine maybe there are a few improvements that we need to make. Maybe there's some apologies that we need to make. And maybe there is a progressive action that we need to take. And maybe there's a different path that we're on that that we need to adjust and take another path. And then we need to remember this. 
And this came clear as a bell. My mother died just a couple of weeks ago now. I still have the propensity to take my cell phone and call her number. You see, she still remembered everybody's birthday. And when I'm going through filling out all the paperwork of her death certificate and things of that nature and things that I didn't know, Many times I thought, Mama would know that. She would know the answer to that. She's not there anymore. Now, you cannot live your life in regret. But what you can do is do an evaluation and say, God, how am I doing at this stage in my life? Am I living toward the eternal? Or am I so busy that the t all the time that I have is for the temporal? If it's true, seek forgiveness and change. Amen? Would you stand? Here we go. Father, we thank you. We trust you. We praise you because you're an awesome God. And we just cling to you. And Lord, we pray for those online tonight. And God, they're watching and, and, and they're, many of them are watching in the, in the comfort of their own home. Some are in their car. Uh, God, but wherever they're at, let, let that message burn in their hearts and our hearts as well. This is the Word of God. It is. It is fire. It is truth. It is anointing. And I, I thank you because I know that, that you don't fail. And God, you're the God of second chance, third chance, fourth chance. You're the God of encouragement. But you're also the God who speaks words of wisdom and, and correction into our heart. So we just stand upon your Word tonight and we thank you. And just in case there are those here in this room or listening online or others that might be listening later on in the archives, we just need to pray a little prayer that lifts up your name. So I'm going to ask everyone in the room to repeat this prayer with me right now. Would you do that? Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking to my heart. Thank you for speaking to my heart. Allow me, to react Allow me to react in a way that would be pleasing to you. I am sorry. Please forgive me, Please forgive me. And, create me and create in me a pure heart, a, pure heart. a, heart, of worship. a heart of worship. Now, I believe your word, I believe your word. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's put our hands together and just thank the Lord, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. Those of you that need prayer, we're going to worship a little bit. It's Wednesday night. And maybe you just need to come and spend some time right here. Maybe you're one of those that you need to spend some time just sitting in your pew a few minutes and talking to God and letting him talk to you. Maybe there's something that really triggered something in your spirit and it's troubled you. Well, I encourage you. That's why he says, any of you that need prayer, come on down. Let us anoint you with oil. And we pray the prayer of faith. In other words, everything you need is right here, right now. Amen? And others of you, you have to slip out. I know that. Whatever God directs you as we dismiss, you be led by the Holy Spirit. Love you, everybody. Can't wait to see you Sunday morning. God bless.